When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bureau of Citizen Detectives, the officially unofficial podcast for the Yellow Jackets Showtime Show. Hey, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season two, episode four, Old Wounds. Uh, Aaron, I don't know about you, but I enjoy this episode. There are some twists. There are some turns. There are some maybe um, intellectually offensive things, but... Come on, it's Yellow Jackets, right? Let's let's talk about it. How'd you how'd you feel about this episode? I really like this episode. Um, I I'm curious what you're talking about the intellectual affronts. Um, there's a there's a there's a test there's a scientific test administered in this episode. I don't, I don't see any problems with it. Uh, oh, okay. But okay. Uh, I yeah I liked it. I really uh, you know long term bald move listeners long time bald move listeners will know that I'm a natural shipper natural born shipper. And I can't, <laughs> I mean, uh, clearly Walter's up to no good. This is going to complicate things, but, but I, I really, mm-hmm. I really want him and Misty to get together. <laughs> Elijah Woods. All right. Yeah. Elijah Woods and uh, Christina Ricci just really cute together. And that side-by-side montage of them doing their just insane check-in routine, the black lights, the checking for the listening devices, the whatever. Uh, and then the, you know, juxtaposed on their beds. They even sleep on complimentary sides of the bed, Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got, I got to see it happen. I got to see some bed and breakfast boning. What about you? Oh, uh, specifically on the Walter Misty thing. I love it. No, no, I, uh, I just, the whole, I mean, I did the whole, the whole episode <laughs> okay. is as open floor for debate at this point. The, the intellectual uh, hurdle that I had to jump over was the stuff with hobby. Um, Hobby returning at the end of this episode, you know, you got to imagine there's probably some uh, supernatural foul play here. Uh, something something kept him alive, not just like, oh, I found a cave and I huddled up next to a sleeping mama bear and I, I ate off the fat of the land. I don't I don't know if that's a thing, but we'll see. We'll see what they what they do. It's. I, I really love like the look that he gives his brother when he gets back because there's something there that isn't sitting right with him. And I I don't know if it's like a weird feeling he's got, if he's seeing like, hey, these people have changed. I wonder what could have changed about them. Uh, uh, so I'm amazed. I'm super excited to learn more about that. I'm amazed at how freely you're swinging to the supernatural branch here. I mean, sure, sure, it's hard to understand how he mm-hmm. would survive under the conditions he has, but you know, uh, let's uh, let's hear him out. He hasn't even said anything. Sure, um, yeah. we we no, there I, might, there might be a, a perfectly logical explanation. It is interesting how they're doing sure. this kind of like Jack versus Locke versus Locke situation. You know, you've got Nat is the Jack. You've got two locks, two dueling locks, possibly one evil, possibly one good <laughs> oh in the form of I Ty. I couldn't handle one lock. I know. Lost. In, in the form of Ty and uh, Lottie. And then I, mm-hmm. Jim, 
the cold, icy hand that gripped my heart when Lottie stumbled upon a hatch that opened into a perfectly, uh, <laughs> you know, furnished industrial tunnel. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, what in the name of Lost am I seeing here? Is this a thing? And then when it became like a strip mall with all of her friends, including the dead ones there, I'm like, oh, OK, this I see what's happening now. But boy, uh I feel like a lot of these homages are intentional. It's like this uh, obviously is one part gender bent uh, Lord of the Flies, Lady of the Flies, and mm-hmm. uh, two parts uh, gender bent Lost, it seems like. Well, I guess not gender bent, exclusively uh, feminine Lost. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely Lost illusions to be made here. And I think, how could you not with this group of people lost in the wilderness, you know, stranded? Um, and yeah, the the seemingly supernatural happening around them. Uh, I I don't know, man. I'm excited to learn more. Um, I and I'm excited to see more of the Misty and Walter Roadshow. I I really want to know what's going to happen when they meet up around this cult because like I've seen some theories out there as to what's going on like overall in the show. Oh, yeah, and I think they're interesting and fairly compelling, especially after some of the things we see in this episode. But I'm hoping we could talk more about those when we kind of get to the scenes where it's relevant. Yeah, sure. Are we ready to get into the the recap then? There's one more thing I want to bring up that could be big. Um, It's the very end of this episode where Ty goes out to uh, unnamed small town west of where she lives and finds Van. Now, what I assume is her her video store right she probably owns this place seems like it she's the last blockbuster holdout (laughs) Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah um i kind of love it i i don't know i well i have so many questions let's just wait until we get there i guess because it'll make more sense in context but yeah uh i'm i'm excited to talk about this episode so let's do it the wilderness is the space between the ads we'll be right back Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. getting geared up for the 6th annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. 
then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Don't freeze to death. Come back to our coverage of Yellow Jackets. We start off in 1996 with Thaisa finding another symbol uh, Van tries to convince her to talk to Lottie about it. Ty, of course, refuses and heads back to the cabin. Flash forward to the current day, and Taisa wakes up in her car miles from home, no gas, and she's got this dossier next to her on the yellow jackets. And she just starts walking down the road. Yeah, it turns out that uh, the dossier was like, flipped open to the materials about Van's VHS door here. Sure. Makes um, sense. I thought it was, I thought it was kind of clever to have Van making a map mm-hmm. uh, that's, you know, she's trying to map out Ty's mind, essentially. And then Ty coming to from a fugue state in the car using a map to try to get the van. Uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, and the two timelines you're dealing with here. Yeah, it's all it's all it meets up nicely. Um, I, I figured when they showed this map that they were doing exactly what they were doing here which was the map the locations of these symbols are going to turn out to be a symbol in aggregate if you mapped them out um it looks like that's what they're doing so clearly like ties deeply connected to the symbols it's just a matter of like what that means i guess yeah it could mean that she may yeah like i said there's a lot of things it could mean Mm-hmm. Um, I l- freeze framed and looked at the address. It's 1201 East Vine Avenue, Corbin, Ohio. There is, it's, it's a fictional town on Ohio, but, uh, the Yellow Jacks just moved our great state, Jim. Really? Yeah. We're in Ohio here? We're in Ohio. Corbin, wow. Ohio. Okay. From New York? It doesn't tie uh-huh. live in New York? Yeah. Holy shit. She traveled a ways. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what her assistant thinks that she's just going to like she's going to get her car back and it's going to have like twelve hundred miles on it. And <laughs> actually, this is going to be abandoned in the middle of Ohio, apparently. Uh huh. Um, let, let me ask you this. So we 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 start to fugue state with Ty observing her shadow self going about business in her home. It's kind of interesting mm-hmm. that she's able to spy on she's getting the ability to spy on the sh- her shadow self. Why is evil Ty? If we're going to call her that dark tie, why is dark tie trying to reach her fixer, Jessica Roberts? Uh, that's a really good question. It's not going to work. Obviously she's dead. Well, I mean, it's not that it's like, yeah, it's like, this is something that, that, uh, light tie, you know, or good tie 
like she's she had full I mean the fixer's her idea, right? Are mm-hmm. they going to are they going to retcon the well not retcon, are they gonna fully explain this as that there's something more sinister underlying the contract? That like some special instructions only Dark Tie was able to It could be, but I I mean it could just be sort of I'm trying to gauge like how surprised is she by this dossier. This isn't something that like sleeping Ty has been making behind waking Ty's back, right? Well, my 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 idea was this is something compiled by her campaign staff as potentially damaging information that could be researched. That's the whole reason she got to fix it, right? She wanted to investigate to make sure all of her friends were solid and they weren't going to do some kind of tell all embarrassing thing while she was running for the Senate. Well, I mean, that's what she says. Sure. There could be another reason who knows. Well, well, but I mean, that would be a dark tie thing, right? Mm -hmm. But like, that's, that's the, that's, that's a story that tie her conscious self thinks is going on. That to me, that that's a fully satisfactory explanation, but it could be a opportunity to dark tie used to inject her own stuff into it. But yeah, you're right. Ty doesn't, Yeah, Ty doesn't know that Misty killed the fixer. No, not yet. I'm sure Misty will tell people that, right? It's not that she's hiding it. It's just that she's literally not talked to anyone but Shauna. Yeah, and I don't think Misty knows that she was hired by Ty, right? So, like, there's no real reason for her to bring it up. Hmm. She thinks it's just a journalist looking into their affairs. So, like... There's if her and Ty get back together, there's no real reason for her to bring it up. But I thought I could there's a possibility that maybe she coming. had discovered the truth at the toward like when she leveled with her at the end. But no, mm, you're right because she was promising so. her like exclusive story and yeah. her rights option uh, option and all that. Yeah, I think she was sticking to to that. So I, I don't know. It could be interesting if they get together and that secret. You know, both of those secrets are still there. Like, yeah, they don't know that Ty was checking up on him, and also. They don't know that that reporter's dead. And what would Dark Tie want with uh, Van? I don't know. I feel like it's something we haven't seen yet, right? Yeah. Like it's whatever they're going to discover about Ty in the woods is going to come back here. Well, it's it's fascinating because they keep on having me double guess what I think is like the good and the bad Yellow Jackets. You know, like before the last mm-hmm. episode or two, I'd have been like Lottie's fucking evil. Like she's sure. like a real piece of work and I still is not impressed with her running a cult, but we learned a lot about it this week that may, you know, cast a different light on things. And the fact that Lottie does not seem like she is interested in being an antler queen again, she's taking active steps to do it. But so it's like, mm-hmm. I thought this like, Oh, this is all taught, you know, like that. Um, when we understand everything, Lottie's going to be behind all this stuff, you know, doesn't seem like yeah. that's the case. Now it's like, it seems like Ty is the, and not even Ty, but this shadow version of Ty is the real, uh, malevolent one but we'll I don't know we'll have to see where it goes because it could be that there's a layer a layer on top of it yeah and all these um, visions that Lottie's seeing could be warnings to her to try and help save the team right um, mm-hmm. if, if you're saying okay well the dark one is sort of leading Ty uh, in her sleepwalking state around to do terrible things to the team maybe yeah, uh, the Lottie could be the protector here, uh, which you know kind of lines up with some of the things that the kids think about her out in the wilderness, right? Right. She's a provider of food. She uses these symbols to protect people, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't think it bodes well that they are essentially in the center of a giant 
symbol out in the wilderness and all these terrible things are happening. Uh, uh, but, you know, it could just be, well, the, the terrible thing that happened is they crashed in the wilderness and the symbol's like keeping them safe. But I, I don't know. It seems more also, like Also, we don't know Bermuda that Ty, we don't know that Ty in her fugue state isn't making these symbols so it would make perfect sense that mm-hmm. there's you know she's making the symbol uh centered on their cabin right mm-hmm. um and even if i if i want to play uh ultimate skeptic then there's also no evidence that these dots actually connect in the way that van does it could be just like ty says this is just a bunch of random yarn you're just tracing out on arbitrary <laughs> points you know sure sure absolutely yeah, I you're seeing God. patterns you want to see, I, right? I, I feel like I feel like <laughs> I feel like if you some some people, some of the people that I I see in feedback and on forums and even I'm hearing on my own podcast would flip like heads ten times in a row and join a cult. I just feel like you know, like crazy shit, crazy coincidence happens. You know, so so there's a massive massive difference between something like this in real life and something like this on a fictional scripted drama. In a fictional scripted drama, you don't put red herrings the last seasons long. It's it's bad form. But in if, a if, fictionalized if series, you want to... things to mean things. So you this this means something, right? It's not a random coincidence. It's not like oh, you drew the lines in a weird way, and okay. so it matches up. But it but it actually means nothing. I, I don't think that would be satisfying at all. Let me suggest a meaning that we could both agree on. Which is mm-hmm. the showrunners want us to really be on a razor's edge about whether this is a supernatural or absolutely natural yeah. events of coincidence. And I think that's the only like saying everything is like, well, it's got to mean something like the birds. Everything's got to mean something because I like, know it could still be a coincidence and that could still be narratively useful because they're wanting to, you know, especially if you because like, man, I, I, I fell down a rabbit hole looking about this magic stuff and I, I, I kind of want to wait to talk about it. But like when I read that, I'm like, oh, my God, we might be in for a, 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 a fuck. Uh, we might be in for a wild ride. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I read some stuff on that, too, and I'm kind of excited by it. Yeah. But yeah, we'll talk same. about it here in a bit. All right, let's go current day. Jeff questions Shauna's story on how the van got home and he tells her that the cops know about the affair with Adam. And she kind of lashes out at him. Yeah. Um, I thought they had come to some kind of understanding last episode. But Jeff's going to say it later in the episode. Like, yeah, we're it, obviously we're not like fully over this thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like we had a conversation about it, but there's still hurt feelings. Yeah. And it's also one of those things where like. <laughs> You, there's there's been murder and cover up involved. At what point do you decide to like, hey, we're going to go back to living like regular people at some point, right? Like, as that's where the world he's mm-hmm. living in. Like, Jesus Christ, why are you doing all this risky stuff? And she brings it back to like, well, yeah, I should have wore a scream mask and blackmailed everybody. But it's like that's a uh, okay, yes, crazy shit has happened. But are we going to get back to living as solid citizens? And it's just sure. funny because like clearly, I think Sean is not ready to do that. No, she is looking for something in her life that she has not found yet. And yep. I don't think she's going to find it chopping cucumbers with her daughter, but we'll see. And and and, and uh, her daughter chopping chopping cucumbers? Jeff Jeff's going to end up a rotisserie chicken by the end of the season, is all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They already got their the, 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 the cult of the feminine is already sharpening sharpening knives and cutting up phallic objects. Mm-hmm. It's it's all over for Jeff. It's all <laughs> over for Jeff. 
I'm telling run, you, Jeff, run. The cucumber theory is solid. Yeah, yeah. He better go find a, be- a-, a bed and breakfast himself. Hmm. All right. Lottie dresses up to go to the bank. Nat tries to get her keys so she can run the farmer's market booth with Lisa, which I don't know. Seemed like bullshit, but it turns out it was real. Uh, and Lottie gives her the keys. Yeah. Cl- clearly, Nat has a ulterior interest in getting these keys. We don't even know by the mm-hmm. end of the episode what it is. We just know that she's got some doors that she wants to jiggle the handles on and open. Uh, yeah, last and- episode she was eyeing Lottie's cabin, so I assume she wants in there. We'll see. Yeah, and I, I really like the dance where it's like Nat's trying to pretend that she's taking an interest in Lisa. And I think you're supposed to understand that Lottie is questioning Nat's loyalty, but knows because of the bullshit frame she's got here, the that that she has to kind of like has to kind of trust her. And then the twist of kind of Nat liking Lisa and them kind of bond, like the thing that the cover story that she said she was doing became the actual story. Uh-huh. Uh, I just really, I just like, it's, there's so much subtext going on in all these scenes where it's like, there's a whole script that's not being said in addition to the main script. And I, <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah. I like the Lottie's seeing opportunities to get Nat more into her group here, more intertwined with them by, you know, putting her in situations with other members, you know? Okay. Maybe it's like at her Nat's suggestion, but also, you know, Nat's Nat's going to spend some time with her members and she's going to get a lot of their philosophy and, and start to think about that stuff. So I think Lottie is like letting her ease herself into this cult life, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she's very sly about how she does it. Very good at it. Yeah. All right. Ty isn't answering Misty's calls and her feelings are getting hurt. And they're driving out to Cherry Grove or whatever that town is. Uh, Walter tries to distract her with show tunes, but Misty gets angry because she thinks... He's a yellow jacket's obsessive. He insists he's not, and he flatters her, which seems to call Misty a bit. And then they put on some show tunes. What are what are the odds that Walter is a yellow jacket's obsessive? Uh I so I read some theories on Reddit that I kind of like. Okay. Um, that he could, you know, this Moriarty comment, the Moriarty comment is not as innocent as it seemed, (laughs) (laughs) which it didn't seem innocent at all last episode. Uh, you can start to see breadcrumbs to a Walter who might be a yellow jackets obsessive and potentially is engineering situations here in the, uh, current day to get more information about them. Is this where we want to talk about the Magus or Mages? maybe because where it where the book actually appears doesn't hold much weight for me. Right, um, right, right, right. And it's it's also not the first time it's appeared. Apparently it's appeared already sure. in season one. This is the first time I like sat up and took notice of it. Um, so how does let's uh, let's start with this. How does the how does the Mag- Magus? How does it tie into this theory to your understanding? Um, so the idea, the the I guess Cliff Notes version of the the Magus is that uh, it's essentially David Fincher's The Game, which is a guy is put through a game which is meant to psychologically 
let's say disorient him um in hopes of teaching him something about himself um it's kind of like a wonderful life only demented sure and try you know but it's similar kind of they're trying to sift the weight the, the worth of someone's soul yeah and it's all you know the the game itself is all this massive psychological manipulation to make you yeah. think that the world around you has gone mad and in turn you are going mad and that's kind of you know what you could see with some of these characters right i i think ty is an exception i think she might have some real shit going on but uh walter's in there just kind of injecting himself into this scenario and messing with the people involved yeah and, and the antagonist of the novel is said to be a nazi collaborator during world war ii and i guess when these games start the protagonist assumes that he is trying to tell something covert about his own like uh the the nazi collaborator sins and mm-hmm. his guilty conscience and the again i haven't read this book i probably need to um it talks about that they're doing, you know, the, the the things that he's doing is exposing him to like these plays and productions and they're compared to the works of the Marquis de Sade. They're described as obscene parodies of Greek myths, uh, reenactments of Nazi occupation and war crimes. And one of the things the protagonist does by the end of the novel is realize that these skits are more about or at least he starts to think that are more about his own life than they are about the Nazi collaborators. Mm-hmm. So the theory being that like there is some that that, that uh, this Moriarty figure has got some kind of pleasure or plan of Misty to kind of put her, you know, to kind of to may, to, to maybe even read to kidnap all of these yellow jackets and, and try to reenact the things that happened 25 slash 30 years ago, depending on whether Walter's talking or not. Yeah, so one of the the theories that I was reading on on Reddit was posted by Leech Therapist, and it talks about um, another book uh, called Remainder. Yes, by Tom Carthy, mm-hmm. and that one is about a millionaire who essentially like is the exact story of Walter here that he gives, where uh, a bunch of bricks or whatever fell on his head, and he got a big settlement, and now he is paying people to reenact memories from his own life. So if you kind of like synthesize those two ideas, the game uh, slash Magus here and, and remainder, you kind of come to something I could see with Walter. Like he's not reenacting memories of his own life. He wants to reenact what happened on the Island. I, I think that's an interesting possibility. Yeah. I think it's, there's, there's something to it. Um, mm-hmm. because because the Moriarty comment, right? Like, yeah, that is not innocent. You don't say I'm your Moriarty if you're not trying to fuck with somebody. Well, and I also getting very strong suspicions that you're supposed to understand that what Walter's doing to Misty here is the same thing that Misty did to uh, Jessica, the fixer mm-hmm. last year. That she is telling her what she wants to hear. She's putting her at ease. She's letting he's let you know she's letting her uh, underestimate her and to think she's quirky and all this other stuff. And the fact that that Misty like she has so many like what the like like these um, 
very similar to like Lottie, where she has a fear response, where subconscious says, you're going to freeze up. You got to wake up. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like these are jolts from Misty's brain of like, this is not feeling right. And like Walter's able to just kind of smooth them over. None of them make any sense, though. I, I guess the guy, the fact that the guy loves obscure show tunes, that kind of checks out because, you know, yeah, I, but there's I, I've so, so there's the a th- there's a tell in that scene, man. Um which scene are we talking about? This one about the uh huh okay, with the show okay. tunes. He he whips out this this thing of show tunes, and he's obviously got Misty's number, right? She loves show tunes, mm-hmm. and she calls him on that, and it's like you're some obsessive. And he claims he's not. He just likes show tunes. And then when Misty refuses to put on one of the show tunes, he picks the one show tune out of that box that he knows she will absolutely not listen to, and starts to put it in the player. To force her to make a decision on the show tune. So he knows her way better. And and, and it's hard to tell with Elijah Wood. He's such a good actor. He's so Slack. he's got this subtle smile on his face mm-hmm. the entire show, really. And you he never really breaks it, so you can't tell if that is the moment where he's intentionally smiling slyly, right? Right. And and I love that. But to me, like him picking the tape that he knows she will refuse to listen to is him tipping his hand that he actually did plan all this. Yeah. Uh, but it's also plausible because, you know, I, I could see a person that likes uh, Broadway musicals having Starlight Express, but also knowing that that is extreme. So do you know? Okay. I, I don't know. Starlight. There's not a tape it's in that literally, box except for singing in the rain that I've seen. I've never seen that. I've, I've heard a couple. I've heard a couple songs. I've never actually. Uh, I, I I've never actually seen this a production of this, and I've I was not aware of the plot, but I looked into it. This is an allusion to Starlight Express, which is as Misty says, essentially Cinderella, where all the characters are trains. And I watched like a ten minute um, excerpt from the stage play. The musical and <laughs> the entire cast is wearing like these disco costumes and roller skates. The entire cast is roller skating because they're trains, right. you see. And sure, sure. I'm like, this is the fucking stupidest thing I've ever seen. But that's exactly what I thought when I saw Cats the first time. And it took me two or three kind of hate, ironic hate watches of Cats before I'm like, God damn, this magic Mr. Mistopheles is kind of a jam. You know what? I'm into okay. the skin, Skimble Shanks guy. Like, that's just a, that's li- cats is literally a play where various cats introduce themselves and tell you what their cat lives are. Just mundane cat lives for the most part. And at the end, one of like a vaguely magical cat decides which one of them gets to go up to heaven and get reincarnated. That is the plot to cats. So, like, I guess Starlight Express might be in that same category, but damn. It, it's wild so it's like did he really hmm. know misty that well or is it's like you know it's like you've probably got if you back in the 90s had a cd binder full of your cds and yeah, I'd put on papa roach and then they'd for exactly forced you know yeah. what i'm saying you know you know you'd know the track <laughs> people be like ah oh, fuck you got stone tipple pilots and and sound goblins and <laughs> and these guys and you're you're gonna give me this papa roach business no uh-huh. no yeah, yeah no i'm putting on a vita instead Sure, sure. No, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it could just be a general. Any fan of show tunes would not want to hear Starlight Express, but or if you do suggest it and they're on with it, then you know your soulmates, right? It's like okay. you, you're either provoking them to, 
you know, tell them, tell them, tell them your your true preference, or you you found a soulmate for life. I, that's the thing is like I don't know whether he's doing this as an attraction, as an intellectual ex, ex, exercise. I, or, I get the impression that it's the latter. That this uh, yeah. is something he's doing to amuse himself. But that would make it the. It's kind of funny, but it's also perverse, and that's that would be the only mm-hmm. true thing that he said to Misty that I'm just doing this because I'm bored. Yeah, but I'm yeah, fucking it might with be. you. I don't know. Um, Man, how pissed is Misty going to be if he successfully pulls the wool over her eyes and then she realizes it? Here's the thing. I don't know that he actually realizes who he's dealing with, right? I don't think he knows what happened in the woods. I don't think he knows Misty as well as he thinks he knows Misty. Mm. And that is a very dangerous game to play. He doesn't realize the fire he's playing with, I think. But we also have no idea who the fuck he is and what he's about. Like very true. Very he could true. have he could have been one of those wolf boys that got raised by wild animals and didn't learn to speak until he's thirteen. And yeah, <laughs> is I he mean, hobby? maybe he's hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Elijah Woods is hobby. Actually, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That the bricks the bricks just beat the Latino out of him. And uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the reconstructive surgery left him <laughs> left him paler and different bone structured. Hmm. No, uh, I I don't know. We'll see where that goes, but I, I really think he ought to be careful because Misty is no one to be trifled with, and he's no. trifled. No, I mean, that's the thing. It's so delicious. Like, God, I hope mm-hmm. Elijah lasts more than one season because, like, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of want him to be like ultimate antagonist protagonist. And there's like several of those mm-hmm. pairings, right? You got Ty versus you, you got the I guess the triangle of Ty versus uh, um, Lottie versus Nat. Now you've got Misty with Walter. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I, I like it. Lots of conflict. For sure. All right, let's go back to 96. Uh, Shauna busts into the cabin and claims someone stole some of the bear meat. No one fesses up. Uh, Mari accuses Coach Ben, and a bunch of arguments break out, one specifically about whether Lottie is the actual food provider of the group. And that suggests, you know, let's have a contest. Let's go out for a day, see who comes back with the most food, me or Lottie. It's very biblical, right? It reminds me of that uh, time when I can't remember if it was Elisha or Elijah or Samuel challenges the the false gods of Canaan to a, to a god off, right? Like they're going to set up two mm, identical altars yeah. and uh, they're all going to pray their gods and whichever spontaneously combusts is going to be the, the, the official god of... Uh, the, the is Israelite kingdom. Uh, it's just a good old fashioned faith, I guess, versus rationality. It's this mm-hmm. is this is as Jack Locke as you can get. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it it kind of surprised me here to see coach like up and about and coherent. And like, I thought he was closer to death last episode than apparently he was see i if you'll recall i was a little bit more like i don't know about that because i i I thought he's a lot more psychologically damaged and again like a lot of the tone is of last week is like they're near starvation near starvation i think they're near starvation until Mm -hmm. they ate jackie it's just one of those things where it's because they still have the you know their larder is full of bear meat you know uh they they have other things they can eat yeah, they they have been rationing it. Like I, yeah. that that was like one of my things is like how they didn't do an amazing job of telling me they were super close to starving to death, but apparently uh-huh. they weren't. Um, they That's still what I'm saying. They're like left. they're a indeterminable amount of time before they actually run out of food, 
And then they're mm-hmm. probably two to three, assuming they're like near starvation, they're like two to three weeks away from starving from that point. So it's like, right. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, don't I thought that coach. was getting to coach more. He, he's kind of up and coherent and everything. So. so it seemed like what his distress was is primarily psychological, which fair enough. You see a feral mm-hmm. pack of teenage girls <laughs> eat one of their own. And, and again, you're a one legged man here. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's going to slip back into it later this episode, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, current day, we're oh, writing wait. to... Yep. What do you make of the mystery of the... Because the, there's lots of these mysteries adding up. Who is shitting in the mm-hmm. bucket? Who is stealing the bear meat? Uh, who looks like a bucket shitter in that group? Honestly, the uh, Mary's mouse that she finds... I thought would be a good candidate for bear meat stealer, but like, <laughs> and unless this, 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 unless this mouse is just yeah. sh- dropping deuces like dogs, I can't see that he could take credit for the, the bucket. I don't think so. Maybe he's got a family to feed. You know, maybe they're all eating the bear meat. I <laughs> I don't know. It still doesn't weigh the bucket. <laughs> oh yeah well they all they all shit someone together. comes in and says who put a bunch of black rice in the bucket fair enough but she's no mm-hmm. it's, it looks like a a, a human-sized turd so unless unless yeah. it's the kiwi of mice and it you know the kiwi lays an egg as about as big as his body i don't i don't see this mouse is doing it what about ty think she's getting up in the middle of the night eating bear meat and then shitting it into a bucket <laughs> he makes honestly she makes the most sense like she's the one that we know, yeah. but but also Van is like on top of her. Like, how could she escape? Seems like it. Multiple evenings in a row from her containment without. So it's like that kind of makes her seem very not mm-hmm. a leading contender. Is it Shauna? Is she maybe dissociating a bit? I know, like ja- the whole thing with well, Jackie was hard on her. Thing. And she was disassociated. I mean, that's, yeah, when you're hallucinating your dead friend talking and all that and you making her look good at makeup, even though she looks like Ronald McDonald, uh, that (laughs) is... She seemed to be aware of that stuff, that she was doing it, but Uh, here she's very pissed. But in the moment, I don't know that she was. She would, like, snap to awareness of understanding what she was doing, like, when the ear would break off or something. But I I don't Mm -hmm. know that in the moment, minute by minute, when she was talking, that she understood that this is a coping mechanism or whatever. I, but it, it's it's tough, you know, like it's it's debatable like a lot of things on the show. Absolutely. All right, let's go to current day again. We're on the ride to the market. Matt raises a bunch of questions about how culty Lottie's compound seems and Lisa defends Lottie's group. You can go out whenever you want, stay out for many, as many days as you want. What's culty about that, Aaron? I mean, that's the ultimate thing. It's like sometimes having rules where normal people would be like, you know, it's that's just the default, right? Like, yeah, of course like, you can go out and stay out. You can fucking leave forever if you want. But, but this is also because that's the thing. It's like first time through, I'm like fucking Lottie. I knew it. She's running some cult bullshit. These people don't have. And like the more I got to this, the more this seemed like a halfway house between like intensive inpatient care and like outpatient in, in, in care like if you got a hardcore mm-hmm. addiction or substance abuse or you're harming yourself um that this is kind of like something that you grab and so it's like it is 
it isn't like you're free to go, free to go because you should be there. You're you're getting treatment, but it's also not like you're forbid. You're still a free agent. You're not committed involuntarily. Um, I don't know. It's weird. It seems like it's rife for abuse to have kind of like some kind of unlicensed uh, amateur. But I, then again, I don't know. Maybe Lottie has gotten some professional qualifications. So the more I the more I learned about this cult, the more it seemed again maddingly like it's right on the line between something you could call and again when i say cult i'm not talking about it's just wacky beliefs i'm talking about it being a high control group about it mm-hmm. like you know restricting their their but but uh boy it's it's uh it's it's tough what what did you think how did you come down on it uh yeah i come down on like a light version a cult light um like the, the, she specifically says here, like you can go out whenever you want. You can stay out for as many days as you want. And that's the, the, the plain reading of that is, well, I could go for the rest of my days, right? I could leave forever and no one would have a problem with that. The, in, the sort of implied thing there is you'll be back and we expect you to come back in a certain number of days. Don't stay out too long. Right. Come back to us. So otherwise you just say, yeah, you can leave whenever you like. Uh-huh. That's that's the way to phrase that. That isn't like culty to me. Right. It's oh, you can stay out for as many days as you want. But you what will if I want to stay out for years? You will be back, and we will kidnap you in a van if you potentially, yeah. But and then uh, if you're killing, you know, like going to kill your, I, so that's oh it, yeah. I mean, it's different, like the the way that Nat came to it. But like I yeah, I very much found this as cult light these people are here they're probably here for good reason in some case they seem to want to be here um i don't know the circumstances of their initiation into this because right i could see a future where nat wants to stay here but boy she sure didn't come to this honestly right um yeah and it reminded me of like when i got out of the workforce and i started doing podcasting about 10 10 years 10 ish years ago and the last the last job I had had one of these uh, unlimited vacation day policy, vacation policies, mm-hmm. which sounds really amazing when they're telling you about it. But in practice means you I took less vacation because we were right. kept so busy that it's kind of like, well, you know, and they always have a say, like, oh, was one go. You should talk to Ben. He took six weeks and hiked through to fucking uh, Nepal, the mountains of Nepal. And like, that's actually true. He did do that. But he also had worked like a four year nonstop, 70 hour work week to get to that point. And when he finally finished a project, he took six weeks off and got right back, right back to it. Like, and then his workmates looked at him like, God damn it. You left us for it, six weeks here. Not pulling your weight you fucker exactly exactly so it's like and and i thought nat was wise to call that out that sounds like Mm -hmm. uh, an illusion of freedom that gets you even more shackles of control on you 100 percent uh but you know it it doesn't seem like there's any form of sort of excommunication it doesn't seem like those high control mechanisms are there right like if you can if you can go for as long as you want and come back and be welcome back and you don't have to atone Mm. or grovel or undergo any kind of punishment or like then then yeah that's starting to sound like less culty and more healthy but well here's the other the other uh negative yeah the strike against this cult is when Lisa wants to stop by her mom's house, she says, oh, yeah, the guy who I usually travel yes. with doesn't doesn't allow us to go on any other stops. Right. Yes. And you wonder, is that like 
oh, well, he just doesn't want to waste the time going there, or is it something where he's been told, and or he's like so far into this cult where he yeah. thinks it's a bad idea uh, to fraternize with outside people. But then, and is this particular, like, you know, like, she's like, hey, I want to stop off and get a snow cone. He's like, no, we're only going through the farmer's record and back. Or it's like, hey, I just want to stop by and see my mom. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a huge trigger for you. And the last three times you've talked to her, you've tried to kill yourself. So, like, no. And sure. There are better and worse the, ways it, to do that. Right. I don't know that any of those are, like, completely good. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. you know, helping a person who doesn't have boundaries with their loved ones set those might be something healthy. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. Uh, sure and what I see of her mom in this episode isn't exactly pretty, encouraging but pretty fucking bad again it's like yeah. one of those things where it's like uh, I was playing a, a, a tennis match in my mind about cult you know not mm-hmm. a cult cult not because like it just kept on changing <laughs> as the ball was hit back and forth over the sides of the net like that's the biggest thing this show has going for it is that that writing the line nature of pretty much everything and you know, it's fair to point out that that's what Lost had going for it for a long damn time, too. Uh, that didn't turn out so well, so I hope they have a better ending in mind. But it worked beautifully to perfection with The Leftovers, so it can be done. Fair. You, I don't know if it can be done if you're trying to do nine seasons open-ended with no end in sight or in mind, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it can be done. It can be done. All right, Lottie talks with a substitute therapist. She asks to up her meds because she's been having visions again. The therapist asks her to examine the visions rather than trying to push them away. Uh, Lottie is understandably resistant to that. Don't freeze to death. Come back to our coverage of Yellow Jackets. Past the shrooms. We'll be right back. This doctor is terrible. <laughs> I had the same feeling. But I don't really know enough about therapy to understand why. I can't imagine a patient who has years of mental trauma and has had it con- controlled for years and comes in and is like, my visions are starting again. I think we need to up the dose. I can't imagine any psychologist or therapist with a working license would be like, have you considered listening to the delusions? Have mm, you considered yeah. what the delusions might have to say? Like, it's fucking crazy. And, like, I got the idea that she's essentially refusing to adjust Lottie's medication. So uh-huh. I, I I noticed that there's some anger at people who are wanting to see that everyone is connected to everything. That, like, oh, the Adam Zavi theory. And, like, every single time you introduce somebody, oh, it must be a schoolmate or something. Um, mm. But, like... If there is some outside agent trying to destabilize and engineer a situation where the yellow jackets start yellow jacketing again, mm-hmm. replacing because the other thing is like, yeah, this, her doctor just went on an emergency sabbatical with no notice, but didn't call and tell his. But she wasn't about scheduled that? for another couple months, right, to come back. Like she's been clockwork oh, for twenty oh, years, yeah, yeah. and like why? And and their appointment. So it's like again, there are very, but like I don't. This is the one where I feel like, no, there's got to be something to this because that just didn't seem like any kind of good medical, psychological advice. Which outside agent are you leaning toward? You think this is a Walter thing? Walter is the one that makes the most sense and seems like the most fun possibility. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, I'm trying to think of also like who's got because you got to have resources to pull this shit off to hire fixers and to mm-hmm. get dossiers and to manipulate and to like like this. If, if you fully understand it, did he cause Jeff's financial distress somehow? You're like, so you like you'd have to have like a multi million dollar war chest to kind of fuck around with people like this. Like you and I couldn't, you know, like I, I could I could fill your house with ping pong balls. That's the level. All right. That's what mm-hmm. my bank account could do to psychologically fuck with you. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't call get your doctor to go out of the country <laughs> and, you know, cut power to your house. And, you know, I, I Yeah. I just feel like he's the one that makes the most sense. And is the most fun possibility. Do you, do you totally. see any others? Um, not that aren't like supernatural. No, like right dark now, Walter's the it, right. Right. Yeah. If there is some like dark one force at work here, that could also do it. But yeah, yeah it seems like you. Walter's the best option. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I got to be aware of my bias. My bias is definitely looking for the non-supernatural in every one of these scenes, which is probably going to drive a lot of you people crazy that the, the wants to see yeah. the supernatural. But again, coincidence, coincidence, coincidence. There's some yeah, crazy every shit. Every episode we get, I'm feeling more like, uh, this show will probably go over into the supernatural eventually. And I... It, I, I won't I, I probably won't be able to like say this is the moment that it did because it will have already happened and they'll just explain mm. okay this is actually it's a supernatural right y- you're probably right yeah yeah I, I think that's the way the show is going to go but I really don't know um, so we'll see I'm still on that line alright 1996 Misty goes over the rules of the hunting contest Nat takes the only gun then they head out into the woods alone her and Lottie uh, Lottie finds a symbol on the tree but no food and Nat finds tracks and starts following them. Uh, I really like how petty Nat is about this because when they suggest a fairness of getting a gun, then she said it's also it's like, oh, because uh, there's oh Lottie's not a hunter. Oh, no, Lottie's better than a hunter. She's fucking magic. She's got God delivering food to her. Like you know, mm-hmm. why does she need a gun? I I love that. That's great. And also, I thought this episode did a really good job of sympathizing or humanizing Lottie to me. You know, like when she goes and tries to commune with the tree and the symbol and shuts her eyes and then she kind of opens and says, fuck, like she realizes, like, I think she realizes this is ridiculous, mm-hmm. but she also hasn't had her medication a long time and she is seeing things and food is being provided and people are being protected. So, yeah, the the thing I kept thinking is why is Lottie going along with this? And I... I and I'm not saying she shouldn't. I'm not saying I, I'm just trying to get in her mental state. Like, what does she think of herself right now? Does she think she's able to go out into this woods and call down food from the sky? Literally, does she think she has a chance of winning this competition? And if not, does she think that that will maybe, you know, further her agenda or See, if she I, even has one or or to keep them alive somehow by just participating in this thing? I I'm trying to get in her head because she says yeah, nothing yeah. during this entire thing. She's right. like, everybody's prepping this contest, giving rules. Nat's out there talking shit, and she's just dead silent the whole time with a look on her face. It's kind of like, I, I don't, I don't know about any of this, guys. What are we I doing? Think, I think you're right. But she doesn't I, voice any of it. I think that she has these, um, 
like all her life have had these uh, paranoid delusions um, and that like one time in her whole life, one of these paranoid delusions about this premonition that her parents were going to get hurt came true. Probably a big formative event for her. Now she's out in the the woods and seemingly there's all these coincidences. And like, again, it's like I she's mentally ill. I don't I don't know how to describe the agency. And it's like. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know people say, well, it's like, you know, that's not an excuse for this, that and the other, which is true. But like you're out in a wilderness situation and you can't get your hands on any kind of medication or therapy, then like you're kind of going to be in the throes of what your yeah. brain chemistry is doing. So like you, you talk about having her an agenda and stuff. I don't know that she has an agenda other than trying to react and make sense of the things that are happening to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I definitely didn't feel like she's malevolent in this episode. Um, which mm-hmm. I kind of was high suspicion before. I think she's genuine and thinking that all this yellow jacket shit that happened to Woods was a terrible thing. That was all, you know, her brain chemistry and things got out of hand and she never wants it to happen again. And also thinking that, like, you know, her genuine therapy that she's doing today is helpful and helping others and making pot. Like, she seems very, very genuinely proud of what she's built and she doesn't want to lose it. So, mm-hmm. but hell we could find out she's got a dark lottie you know that could is be, yeah. that's, that's doing all this because like you could say the same thing about ty politically that she mm-hmm. was trying to be this force for good and change things and blah 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 but she's got this thing that's dragging her and has this other agenda so i don't know but i i think what we're seeing with ty in and uh and lottie is that they both have some kind of either psychological issue or trauma that's caused some kind of brain thing that that's happening to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just strange to me that, um, Lottie seems so proactive in some of these scenes, like telling people how it is and what needs to happen and what she's trying to do. And then in other scenes like this one, she seems yeah. so go with the flow. So like laissez faire about everything. I wonder if she has like these, because it's like, um, I've known friends. I've had a couple of good friends. I've had like by bi- severe bipolar, uh, paranoid delusion mm-hmm. type of complexes and like even in the throes of like mania they'll have uh, untreated mania I should say they, they'll, they'll have like you know moments of like lucidity and clarity mm-hmm. um, but like and that's what I think it is it's like she's doing like you'll uh, she's doing all these rituals she's brewing tea that you know and doing all these things and like she's being very bossy about it but I guess like I wonder if Nat been like would said like when she offers her the tea she's like are you fucking crazy why am I going to drink this fucking boiled bark or shit? Like, would like she snap to and be like, I like, or she still be like this haughty and and I've always assumed that she would. I always assumed that she believed her own bullshit, but mm-hmm. it's man, I don't know. This episode doesn't make it seem like that. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, yeah, the, the the you can't factor out this mental illness, right? It's it's I like the, going the re- to be with her right now. So so she's seeing this test is like valuable to herself as well and she is not confident that she can pass it um mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know it's 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 really interesting all right uh let's move on to the current day again shauna runs into the mother of callie's friend i think who says ah, actually she hasn't been sleeping over at our house and shauna goes through her daughter's room and finds the partially burnt photo of adam uh, oh, and then, you know, this is kind of obviously connected. Callie's texting with Jay about meeting up, and then Shauna drives up and invites her to go have some fun. 
Yeah, I don't. Uh, I I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's uh, it's funny because like I used to be a teenager that snuck around a little bit and you never know when your web of lies is going to be exposed by an errant remark or a parent talking to another parent and then putting two and two together. But sure. I felt for Callie on this as she's like, you know, uh, had had no idea mom going to bump into her at Target or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, but 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 yeah, I, I don't have much to say about these scenes. Uh, I think it's going to get super interesting here next episode when, it, you know, now that Callie knows about everything. Is she still going to meet up with Jay? Because she doesn't she doesn't know that Jay's a cop. She's been meeting up with him, apparently, and drinking in a park, which my fucking God, this cop needs to be thrown off a cliff. What? Oh, what a piece J- of shit. J- that's the cop she's been meeting up with. Well, she's texting him about meeting tonight. Yeah. At seven. At, oh, shit. At, He's at doing somewhere. This is some yeah. real Americans type shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up, man. I don't There's a 16 know. year old girl. He's getting her drunk in the park at night, Ooh. like, and presumably just trying to get information from her. But who knows what else? Um, okay, I did not. I did not put two and two together that that was the friend. Um, I, I, I believe so. So, so what happens? You know, now that this she's seems... kind of in on the family transgressions here, is she going to stop meeting with Jay? Is she going to confide in him the new information she has? Like. It, it's well, going to get real interesting next episode. Now that you said that, I now have a prediction that I'm going to put 50 internet points behind. All right. The cops are going to have Shauna and Jeff dead to rights at this murder thing. And they're going to be back to fuck off by this inappropriate relationship that this cop is having with their daughter. And mm-hmm. Callie's going to aid and abet that she's going to like really turn on the jets and get him on the compromising thing. And that's, it's going to, All right. I mean, yeah. So, like what, how could you make a case when the investigator is trying to seduce the person's daughter? Right. Like that's right, like fruits, fruits of the fucked up poisonous tree right there. Uh huh. Absolutely. So I, I feel cause like I, I keep on watching. I'm like, they're, how are they going to get out of this? How are they going to get out of this? They're just bad that's at crime. Uh, as Shauna mm-hmm. says, and there's just so much evidence, circumstantial, uh, motive, physical, that's going to link them. But like this, this crazy, even his partner saying, this is crazy, dude, you shouldn't do this. It's got to yeah. be their get out of jail free card. I think you're right. Uh, all right, let's move on to Misty asking why Walter doesn't have to work. And he says, oh, I'm a millionaire from an accident settlement. Uh, a bunch of shit fell on my head, <laughs> which... I love the the idea that like oh maybe Walter just has brain damage and he's doing all this stuff because he's he's his brain's not working right. Mm-hmm. Um, then she asks the waitress about the cult and the waitress tells Misty they're at the farmers market every Tuesday, which is today. Yeah, I do like that line. That, like this is a small town. They're of course they're going to know where the cult is because of course they would. You know, yeah. you you, you yeah. stop in any diner in our hometown of Mooresville and say, hey, where's the weird Joppa church at? Everyone can any any waiter, waitress, line cook mm-hmm. will tell you. Oh, yeah. You just go down. Um, and we're not we weren't even wearing like the distinctive purple stuff. We were just wearing suits and shit. So. Right. Right. I, I, I thought that was really funny. Um, but this uh, clearly is a bullshit story. Like, <laughs> look. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's enough plastic surgery in the world mm-hmm. to make scaffolding dropping a load of bricks on your head 
to the tune of six mm-hmm. million in damage uh, make you look like Elijah Woods at the end of the day? Like you yeah. would have like a metal, you would have scars and your face. You 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 would you would have visible signs of trauma, right? I I would think almost certainly. But I don't know. I don't know. Freakish things have happened, man. People get people get railroad spikes through the head and somehow live. Yeah, maybe uh, if like it all just hit him in the back of the head and it's a press skull fracture and like a glancing and, blow, sure. And they just peel it like all the scars are under his scalp and under his hair. Hair like, transplants, yeah. Maybe, but also you think that Misty could prove like she'd be like, well, then show me your if you got a oh you got a metal plate in your arm, like, then show me the circular incision saw, uh, scar or whatever, and he could fold yeah. like. But she's just like all these what seemingly obvious lies. Uh, she just it just instantly puts her to sleep. Yeah, I mean he's got one thing going for for his lie here is that eggs and ham with syrup and mustard is. <laughs> A dish that only a brain damaged person could love. So, you know, I was I was with it. I'm like, all right, Mm -hmm. this is like this is a breakfast fucking sandwich, man. Using meat for bread. I'm liking this up until the mustard came (laughs) out. And then because I'm like, yeah, ham. Good. Eggs. Mm -hmm. Good. Syrup. All right. Mustard. What the fuck? Uh, (laughs) So. The thing is, is, put is, on? is he trying to, to to be weird here for weird sake? I don't I don't know. And the other thing I want to talk to you about is like he seemed to be genuinely moving to his phone to offer to show her. But that's oh, also like a seventh Dan black belt manipulation tactic mm-hmm. to like when a, a person that's in your life is starting to like suspect you of something to just offer to like well pff, i'll just prove it right now and start going through the motions of your phone and relying on the social convention of the other person to be put mm-hmm. off by the fact that like oh i'm making a false accusation i don't want to seem like oh okay it's, it's like that's like mm. but she should know that right sure and i hmm. i mean it all comes back to how well he knows misty i guess and he's got to know that she's socially unconventional Oh, I think, he lot, know, I think he's the, got like cameras in her house. Know her. Yeah. Knows so every financial like transition she's made or transaction she's made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe she does know because like she gets angry when he pulls out his phone and starts. She just angrily goes and grabs the waitress and does the thing that she wanted to do. And he didn't. So maybe that's mm-hmm. a sign. And also, like, I also try to keep in the mind of, of, of playing both sides here that like I was this close to thinking Misty had gotten duped by that Jessica, the fixer, until yeah. the cigarette flashback. And I'm like, ah, so like the show might be having Misty letting Walter think that he has her Buffalo just so she's because she's playing the game even harder. So but then the show could also be letting us think that Dude. Misty thinks that he thinks that she has a buffaloed and then it turns out he's Moriarty. Right. Yeah, no. And I, he I'm, wanted her to think that all along. Look, I, I'm loving this show, but I, I also get a steady stream of feedback where I'm. Cl- it's clearly that the, the 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 a lot of the audience members feels like they're uh, Wesley, and they're sitting across the table from uh, 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 what is it? Fet, uh, the, 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 who, who's the guy, the Princess Bride? That just like. 
you oh, know, uh, with the glasses and the with the glasses, where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I, you, you, I only think you only think that I want you to think that it's like at some point, like, <laughs> totally. damn, tell a story because uh-huh. yeah, it does feel like with the showrunners, we are, uh, you only picked that cup because you didn't know that I and like, oh my my, but I, I, I think this is very entertaining. I don't know how sustainable it is, but so far, so good. Yeah, it's like um. <laughs> It's like Coach Beard trying to describe why they're playing a certain defense against Nate in the latest season of Ted Lasso, right? Yeah, yeah, that is also a pop culture reference. <laughs> That's a pop culture it. reference, everybody. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on to Thaisa. She's still walking. Uh, truck stops to pick her up, and the driver seems decent, so she gets in. Does he seem too decent, Aaron? Is That's this- the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. What's the odds mm. that uh Wait a second. She's 3 hours from Corbin, Ohio. She was mm-hmm. running as a state senator in New York, right? Uh-huh. How the fuck did this guy vote for her? Oh, he's a long-distance truck driver, so I guess that could check out. That's quite the coincidence though, man. It is pretty I guess, coincidental. I guess you're on the route, you're on like the thoroughfare between yeah, Sure. Yeah, maybe, but it's yeah. it's a coincidence. So he's got a he's got a daily haul where he goes to Indianapolis, Crossroads of America, back to Hoboken or mm-hmm. something. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. It does seem coincidental, but and we know that Walter is manipulating something. So why not everything? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you make of the trucker's nudie pin? Was that just? A, a, a way I mean, to break the ice, so you assume that they just had a a good old time on the way over there. Or? Yeah, everything turned out fine. Taisa gets out of that truck, no worse for wear. Guy seems like a decent guy. No, and there's no, no there's no goodbye or nothing. Like it's it does seem like the trucker chapter is just closed. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's weird. Yeah. All right, let's go back to 1996. Mari is hearing dripping noises again and goes to investigate. Uh, she asks, I, I think it's Akila mm-hmm. who is studying for the SATs to go with her. And Akila finds a mouse in the pantry. I like where Akila's head's at. Like, you know, the second we get back, we're going to be three months late for this test and going to have to do it. And I'm not going to miss out on college because of all this cannibalism and shit. Like she's got, mm-hmm. she's focused on the prize. Um, I, I do think that. Uh, what do you think about this, Miss Mr. Jangles that she's finding? There's like out of the Green Mile. Uh, why is she being mm-hmm. so secretive about this mouse? Is it because she's afraid people? I think eat she it? doesn't want them to eat it. Yeah, there's I no really fucking way people would eat a mouse, right? It's just not enough meat to make it worth it, right? But maybe psychologically, it's like one of those things where it's like when sailors start drinking seawater, like they know it's bad, but like they're so fucking thirsty. Mm-hmm. Um, so like maybe you would just like you're but you're so fucking hungry that your body just like you just put the mouse a live mouse in your mouth, chew it up and swallow it just because it's something in your belly. Maybe yeah. I don't know they're there now, but like you don't want to start hiding your mouse when everyone gets to that level, right? You just want to start. Is this gonna be troublesome for her later? Because if they find this mouse in her pocket, she might get accused of the other things like the bucket shitting and I don't know about the, meat, I don't know how a mouse thievery. in your pocket makes you shit in a bucket but the bear meat for sure yeah that's what I'm wondering but I, but they'll blame everything on her right like 
Yeah. Well, if you're dishonest about this and you're dishonest about the bucket sure. shitting. And like, and- that's the other thing is like some of these gals are not as rational. Like I thought Mary was, right. or Mari was um, pretty down on the rationality this entire episode. Like she's quick mm-hmm. to ascribe supernatural to coincidence. She's quick to believe in the cult of uh, Lottie. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, because like it let, logically, like, so what if someone's feeding the mouse? Like how much... Sure. What fraction of a human ration is a mouse consuming per day, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I could see, Ma- I could see Mari doing that. Yeah, we'll see. All right, Lottie finds the bear heart shrine that she made earlier, I think, uh, and makes an offering of her blood to it. Nat finds something in the frozen lake, but we don't see what it is yet. Uh, we'll talk about that more when we get there. Uh, current day, Lisa and Nat stop at Lisa's mom's house. Her uh, mom seems to be pretty against her being in Lottie's cult and asks Nat to leave so she can talk to her daughter alone. Does she call Gilly the 14th because this is the 14th goldfish she's had in her entire life? Uh, maybe. Hadn't thought of it. So I think she's like... You know, we talked about her being like wilderness baby age, although I got to say I'm taking the wilderness baby theory out of contention because this just seems to blow it out of the water. Right. I assume. Yeah. I mean, unless we find out I she mean, was she adopted. Could be adopted when oh, she was right. a year and a half old or whatever a year old, hmm. I suppose. I, yeah. I don't know. I was looking at the cult red flags here, uh, like not wanting to tell Lottie that you saw your mom. Huge right. red flag. Um, th- this idea of like, oh, well, the anchors are at the compound, not, not out in the real world. Uh, that's a control mechanism. Oh, for sure. It actually reminded so. me that the uh, you know there's like that line in 1984 where it's like uh, there was there was nothing there was no rule against keeping a diary, but everyone knew that if you did and it was found, it'd be punishable by death. Right? It's like <sighs> sure. There's no rule about it stopping at my mom's, but just don't tell Lottie, right? You know, she'll get mm-hmm. upset. She wonder, but like, also, it makes a lot of sense that like Lottie would be concerned that she went to go talk to her mom because her mom is obviously sure. a huge trigger for her and bad for her mental health. Yeah. So like trouble, like you know, you are getting locked in a cell and not fe- and, and fed gruel for three days, or like trouble, like you know, I'm really worried about you making healthy decisions and keeping your boundaries with your family, and mm-hmm. you know, like. What are we talking about here? Yeah, if your family is the thing that is bad for you, then not wanting you to see your family is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, uh, for sure. But no, it's it's also borderline icky. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Shauna drives Callie out to the middle of nowhere and asks her what she's been lying about. And Callie flips it on her and asks her if she kills Adam, uh, killed Adam. And she admits to it, also tells her her dad was a blackmailer. She unloads everything on her. Um, she also says she, they did things in the wilderness that she's really ashamed of, but leaves it at that for now. And it's all a lot for Callie to process, but she promises not to tell anyone. What do you think of her changing the single person to the collective pronoun from I to we? Mm, When she's talking about the bad things they did in the wilderness. Um, because I, I think it's it would be fair hmm. to say that Shauna might feel spot responsible for the way that Jackie got eaten because it was her mm-hmm. kind of bizarre behavior that led to that event happening. Um, 
And I think it's a big theory that like Shauna is like the head butcher or throat slitter of the girls, you know, just from what she said and from like what people are suspecting is the makeup of the different people in the intro scene, you know, the, the pit girl scene. And she is kind of the, the general butcher for the group with animal meat, right? Yeah. And it felt like when she says I, and then she changed the we, she feels a lot more individual responsibility, which could just be guilt, you know, could be. You know, mm-hmm. there's no there's no uh, there behind that reason. But I thought it was interesting. Yeah. And, and with all of these things where I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm trying to piece together what they're saying with what I've already seen. We have so much yet to be seen that I'm not sure if she's speaking of something that she's done now uh, mm-hmm. already that we've seen or if it's something to come and it's going to be even more transgressive. I don't know how you get there from here, but who knows, man? This scene also, I just thought it was really funny, too. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Shauna is trying to explain, like, what happens. Like, well, you know, Adam was blackmailing us, and uh, you wait. Oh, fuck, no. He actually wasn't the one to black. It's actually your dad. <laughs> just the way she had to mm-hmm. tell this convoluted thing. And Callie's yeah, face during the whole wild. thing. It's 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 pretty. It, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, and like I said, this has a potential to blow up in her face because she doesn't know that her daughter is perhaps literally sleeping with the enemy here. The cops. Right. Uh, we'll see. Does her daughter even know? I don't think she knows this no. Jay is a cop either. So she could, if she really trusts him, she might trust him with this bombshell. And then, but yeah, like I mean, said, Callie's the kind of girl who would f- light him up if she knew he was a cop, right? Probably. Like you're trying to seduce me with drinks in a park at night. I'm an underage girl. Like. She would destroy his life if she knew yeah, that, I think. I think I think she's 16. Like, I don't even know if she has uh-huh. her driver's license yet. Um, no, she's 16. That's, so, yeah, yeah like, she, I don't know how, what, I yeah, this cop, you can't, you can't get a 16-year-old <laughs> drunk and get a confession out of her, dude. No, it doesn't stand up in court, I hate to tell him. No, I don't think it does. I don't think it does. All right, back in 96, Van shows Thais the map she's been making of the symbol trees. Uh, it's in the shape of a symbol itself, but Thais refuses to agree with her conclusions. If Van is right, there should be another tree with a symbol in a specific spot, and Van asks Thais to come look for it with her. I mean, I, 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 like I said, it turns out Van is on to something here, um, if you want to believe it all as coincidences. But, like, also, from Ty's perspective, this is identical to, like, the Charlie meme from All Be Sunny, where he's got <laughs> okay, the, yarn, yeah. you know, uh-huh. like, you took a bunch of pins on a map and arbitrarily drew lines with yarn, and it kind of sort of looks like the symbol. Mm-hmm. But also, like, it... It does. Does it bother you a little bit about how pigheaded Ty is about seeing any like anything from Van's perspective? Oh, sure. Yeah. Especially I mean, the condition that she has and all the things that she like. Why is she so resistant to at least seeing Van's side? Like, I look, I, I think it's a coincidence, but I see what you're I saying. I think she's scared. I think she's scared because of her own personal involvement in this. Yeah. I think like she's a very rational person, doesn't want to believe that any of this could be true, but that she's directly involved. Like she, she's out there at night, sleepwalking, finding these symbols. I think she's terrified that she could be more deeply in this than she wants to be. I can see myself being Ty, like because mm-hmm. I'm pretty convinced, you know, committed to the secular lifestyle, and if like. 
you know, like I had a Kevin Garvey situation in Leftovers where like all these things that are like happening to me and they seem kind of miraculous and everyone's wanting to ascribe them to something and I'm still trying to maintain my rationality. I can see that would just be uh, maddening. That'd just be like... Yeah, for sure. Just a profoundly frustrating experience. So, so maybe it does make sense, but... Yeah, I feel bad for Van because, again, these these are mm-hmm. just like 17-year-old girls. You know, they haven't had a huge amount of life experience and 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 practice and critical thinking. So, yeah, there's already been enough that like the average person would probably already start worshiping a cult, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. The second Lottie killed a bear with a knife because it came up to her and submitted like that, that'd probably do it for most people. Mm hmm. And then uh, another quick thing here. Coach flashes back to finding a box of his boyfriend's sentimental things. Uh, apparently Ben doesn't have one of those boxes. And his boyfriend says it's the past and Ben is his future. Which uh, we know there's no future for Ben. Poor Coach Ben. He's going to get eaten alive by these girls. There's it may be alive. We'll see. So I, I, I took it that like Coach Ben just doesn't have a lot of experience in relationships. It's not uh-huh. that he is is doesn't keep a trophy box or whatever or a memory box. It's just that he doesn't have those memories. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, which is interesting gloss for his character. But I do wonder why are we seeing this? Like what? Me like, too. This feels more to me like The Walking Dead, where they give a character some backstory right before they kill them. I mean, this is a lot I better than Walking not. Dead because we're talking about oh, like totally. several episodes worth of, of of of. But but yeah, it's like are they just fattening up the calf so we feel bad when he's slaughtered, or is there right going to be something that really ties this in, particular to his predicament or plight out here? I don't know. I don't know. It feels like well, the guy can't do much but sit in bed because he's got one missing leg so let's just give him like these memories to sift through yeah like because we gotta give we gotta do something with him we can't eat him yet right but we can't let him just sit there and do nothing so there's not there's no there's no juice in the squeeze we gotta juice him up yeah so we'll see maybe it'll connect maybe it'll be important later but so far it's just like nice little character interludes i guess yeah we need to hide this body we'll be back right after this I think the lady in the tree is watching you. Welcome back to more Yellow Jackets. Uh, We go to current day again. Lisa continues arguing with her mother, who's being pretty shitty over her wanting to take her pet goldfish to the compound. Nat tries to jump into the argument uh, to defend Lisa, but she doesn't want her help. And then Lisa apologizes once they get back to the car. And Nat has stolen her goldfish and spits it into a bottle of water. Her face after she spits his goldfish, man. She's Julia Lewis, awesome. man. She is mm-hmm. on one. This whole episode with love her it. face, her faces, it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, this is like I, I see both sides of this. Like, you really should let people fight their own fights, but also like a person like Nat, I could see it being very hard. I would find it very hard mm-hmm. to sit in a room where someone's parents is just going at him hammered like that's pretty hideous be like you can't take this fish why you don't think i can take care of my mom no i think you'll kill yourself and then the fish will starve like <laughs> but also her daughter seems like she's been abducted in the purple people cult and her daughter's got suicidal yeah. mental ideation problems and she loves her and she thinks this is crazy. so it's like again this whole fucking episode i am torn in two between what to think about some of these scenes mm-hmm 
Yeah, me too. I I, I kind of like this scene from a, a Nat perspective. Um, Nat seems like the adult version of Nat seems to not really give a shit about anything. Mm-hmm. And that was not true of the teen Nat. Right. Teen Nat actually cared about stuff. And I find it interesting to see how much she has changed as a person since that incident. Um, and what really caused that change? Because so far, teen Nat still cares very much about things, right? She cares about Travis. She cares about getting them back to civilization alive. She cares about rationality and a lot of stuff. Whereas adult Nat seems to just not care about anything. She's just kind of floating through life like fuck it all. Well, I think it's that... Um young that had things that she was afraid to lose. She had her whole life ahead of her. She had Travis. She had friends. You know, she had like a a prospects. I think adult Nat literally doesn't even care. She loses her own life. And Mm -hmm. that gives one a certain devil may care attitude about things because fuck it. You know, most of the things you get upset are about things you're afraid to lose or losses or pay. Nat's above all that. That's what I think. That's why I like this scene because she's jumping in here to defend somebody. Yes, um, who she sees as being taken advantage of, not taken advantage of, but like uh, harmed here. Well, and that had terrible showing sparks of of caring again, right? Uh, And we know Nat had terrible parents. She had that shooting her father. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah. So like, ah, I can see it being super triggering to see some other young person going through parents that are like, you know, dragging, seemingly dragging you down. And I do wonder if this is all like part of Lottie's plan, right? For Nat. Is she is she the hero who's jumping in to try and save Nat uh, from killing herself? Or is she the person who saw that as an opportunity to convert Nat to her own cause? <laughs> and she's doing that via these subtle manipulation tactics of just placing her with Lisa. Yeah. Who she knows will have an interaction with her mother who will trigger Nat, who will get her to care about this cult member and thereby be further entrenched in the cult. I I don't know. I don't know how crafty Lottie is. Yeah, like I man, I feel like you and I have gotten two different like I I have a hard time ascribing Lottie the word crafty at this point, but like mm-hmm. you still are a lot more open to her being I guess manipulative and and maybe maybe from a good maybe are you you think it's like do you think Lottie is a potential of being like evil less and less the more i see when when she was being possessed by some spirit potentially uh in the cabin and speaking in french tongues and shit i was like oh lottie could just be the devil here Um, well so like i would say that like uh let's 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 for let's rephrase the question if she's acting under the influence of evil spirits or mental illness Mm -hmm. i would say she's not evil I would say that something is compelling her to do it in the same way that like when data gets hijacked by a non-corporeal spirit in the enterprise and hijacks everybody and they're like, he's not court-martialed right mm-hmm. um, at the end of that because he wasn't responsible for his actions. So like, I guess like, do you think that like, um, cause I keep on the way you phrase things, it makes me feel, feel like, did you think that Lottie is intentionally doing some of this fucky shit? Do you think that's on the table? It's possible. I think it's okay. possible. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to rule anything out about her because I don't feel like we have enough information quite yet. It's really hard for me to square that with like her demeanor inside the therapist office and like when she mm-hmm. sees like her visions coming back and whatnot. But like it's you're right. It's but the fact that she's monitoring that like I, I mean, well, she might not be monitoring. She might just had a vision, right? Like true. The, 
there there's there's stuff around the edges of Lottie's behavior that yes. strikes me as dangerous um harmful to people potentially okay and that is where i go i don't know if she's altruistic um or if she is if she knows that she's created a cult here and she's exploiting that it's hard to tell so all right i can get with that we'll see all right misty asks about the purple people at the farmer's market and they're not sure uh no sorry they're not there um because obviously Nat and Lisa were supposed to be going to the farmer's market, but they took a detour. Um, and she asked where their compound is. She gets that info, but Walter thinks it's a good idea to wait until the morning to go out there. And Misty agrees with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, who? So, so is, I, I was a little confused by this. Did somebody else come and set up their booth or because they weren't there, somebody took their booth? No, this is the booth that's right next door to the empty booth. Which I'm surprised okay. they didn't show as an okay. establishing shot, but like, right. yeah, that's what you're like, and, and she knows because like, yeah, the cult usually sets up shop again, yeah, next door, mm-hmm. but um, okay, yeah. well that answers that. And I don't know, like, it seems like yeah, Misty wants to follow up right now because she knows her friend's been kidnapped, and Walter's like, oh, let's just stay, but you know, that also seems pretty reasonable. Mm. You know, if this is a malevolent cult, so. do you want to storm at two people in the middle of the night, or do you want to show up in broad daylight? You know, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go to 1996 again Nat busts into the cabin and says she found a moose frozen in the lake Mari thinks uh, everyone helping to gather it would violate the contest rules but everyone tells her to fuck off because it's food <laughs> thank goodness yeah, uh, Mari and Akilah wonder if it's she's, yeah she's she just wants she's Lottie to be right yeah, well, if you know She's what, that's the great thing about supernatural and... forces. You don't have to like hope you're right. Like if they're if right. you're right, then they'll take care of it. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So Mari and Akila wonder if Lottie's okay, and they'll they'll go out and look for her. I I can't remember if that's explicit in this episode. No, but they, I, I do think this episode was a little tightly yet. Like I I do think an establishing yeah. shot at the farmers market. So like some of these feel like ooh they were this this needed to be two or three minutes longer maybe but yep just uh, just a couple of little shots yeah. in there yeah so, um, so something's missing and Lottie finds the plane that exploded when Laura Lee went for help including the bear and the necklace and it starts to get really weird from there she opens a hatch in it and climbs down finds herself in a shopping mall and she sees the other yellow jackets chowing down the food court and then she sits down to eat but her teammates tell her that she needs to get warm or she's going to die. And then she comes to in a snow covered clearing. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that Laura Lee, who had been kind to her and had helped her was seen as this beneficent character that Nat who, you know, Lottie sees as maybe an opposition to her was making these catty comments about, you know, not having the money never stopped you from getting something before, which I, is that a new implication that the, the Lottie had uh, shoplifted a bunch before? I don't recall hearing that. In her troubled yeah. youth. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I thought that was kind of interesting. I had I had such a whiplash of emotions. Like when she found the plane, I'm like, fuck, Jim's right. There's some kind of time loop. What the fuck? And then when the latch opened, I'm like, oh, my God, it's the worst of the lost shit happening. <laughs> and pops out. Hey, brother. Yeah, 
<laughs> and then and then we got to the I started to relax when we got to the mall. I'm like, okay, clearly this is not happening. This is a yeah, delusion yeah. that's like, okay, this this is making this is making a lot more sense. But uh um, totally. Yeah, she narrowly avoids well, I mean that's the thing, it's like uh Laura Lee saving her doesn't do shit. Uh I mm-hmm. kinda I, I I was curious about what you thought about that, because um yeah what what why i I mean it's this is easily explained as just a subconscious thing that's happening in her brain right like she sees laura lee there telling her that she's freezing to death but it's not yeah really laura lee it's not even a vision it's just her own brain telling her you're dying uh so get to safety but narratively, what purpose does that serve? Because she doesn't save herself, so she could just be deep in the delusion, freezing to death, and her friends come to carry her back in the cabin. Mm-hmm. But I guess it definitively says it's like, because if that had happened, maybe we would wonder, like, well, maybe she did. You know, there's some reality. There is a time vortex or something. And But since we saw her, like, come to, and they found her at the place, like, they, it was identified, mm-hmm. we find out later. It's like, yeah, we found her at the old clearing where the hunter kept his plane. So we know none of that was real. So I guess there's there's use there's there's utility there. Yeah, yeah, definitely there's utility. I'm trying to parse what it means to Lottie cuz like it's it's this person who's dead who I I don't think she was really involved in Laura Lee's death, right? I don't think she was like encouraging Laura Lee to oh, go out there and do it. That was just I don't, something I don't Laura think she Lee hexed the bear or anything like that. No, I think no. she she really was attached to Laura Lee. Yeah, so it's somebody that she thought fondly of, was a teammate, and is warning her uh, that she's about to die here. While the rest of the team just kind of laughs, right? Like, they're they're not really helping her in this moment. At least I don't yeah. remember them. It was I more s- Laura Lee. Yeah, isn't, and Nat in particular was the one, I think, that was being scornful. Or may- maybe Van is the one that said that, about you, you never stop you from taking a... Mm-hmm. Something that didn't belong to you before. I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe she saw like Laura Lee's spiritual connection and and really like latched on to that. So now she's seeing her as like some kind of spiritual protector here. Was Laura Lee behind a little bit of Lottie's spiritual awakening too? I thought so. Yeah. Okay, I did too. Did did, did she baptize her? Yeah. 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 And then in in the water she sees like the sunlight but then it turns all dark and it's terrible. Yeah, and I also like I noticed that in her altar she has like a cross as amongst all the other artifacts and candles and stuff. So like there is some kind of like Christian bent to the proto cult that's that's happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I think that that Laura Lee could be a very um formative figure in in this this whole thing even in death. Yeah, it could just be the it's trying to tell us Lottie believes she's guided by God here mm-hmm. uh, with L- Laura Lee as that stand in. But I don't know. We'll see. I really love the version of the theme song they're playing here. It's got like this choir. It starts out real low key and only kind of, you know, barely has the, the melody this, of the song this and then music. it builds and builds. So good. And like the, like right when they start chipping the moose out of the water, this, this insane choral, chanting and the high pitched and like uh just just crazy tonality that they're they're doing with this uh yeah it it, it, like raised the hair in the back of my neck it's it's very very good 
for sure uh yeah let's talk about that the team digs the moose out of the ice but it sinks into the depths of the lake and Nat gets a face full of icy water uh, i was worried what am i going to get pulled in me uh, too man first of all i was worried that well i mean exactly what happened would happen is there's no way you're dragging this fucking moose out of this lake at, I, at least not at the angle not with the hole you've made yeah they should have really thought things through a bit more uh yeah because you only get one chance like, at this, and these things weigh like a thousand pounds, and it's gonna uh-huh. not be that heavy in the water. But whoo. the more you drag on to shore here, the less easy it's gonna get to drag the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. But what if I mean it's a it's a it's a tantalizing find because essentially it's a deep frozen moose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they could, you know, it's it's probably fresh, right? Like. At least what as fresh as the average teenager that's been frozen for a couple weeks. So. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. What does it mean for Nat? Because Nat, if you recall, is the one who like saw this moose first. And it was unclear if it was a real moose or if it mm. was a figment of her imagination. It charged her in the plane. She couldn't kill it. And it ends up here just frozen in the lake. How does that happen? How does that happen overnight like this? You know, the, I get the impression that this is not very long after she saw this moose the first time. It was alive and well. I don't know what evidence we have lake. of that, though. Like, it could easily be a week or two. Okay. Uh, but I don't think that lake has just frozen over. It doesn't feel well, like the lake has just frozen over to me, but maybe. So I think that, like, the idea is, like, this is a thousand-pound moose and the lake had froze. Because it was early winter, uh, still early winter. Like, we're in the dead of winter now. And that you have a thousand-pound moose crossing, like, thin ice, and it just fell through in that okay. one spot. And then, you know, its horns kept it from sinking all the way, and it froze and died. Uh-huh. And then it refroze more solids. I, I think that's what you're... But okay. also, I can they're playing it. around with this idea of unusual warm pockets around the land. Mm-hmm. So with the mossy trees, yeah, yeah, maybe there's like a warm spot in the where there's natural gas out going out 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 gassing or something. I don't, I don't know. I, that's that's mm. one idea that could uh, thin the ice a bit. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I just uh, read something day. a couple weeks yep. ago about this. There's this natural. I can't remember where it is. Maybe it's someplace in Iceland where. There's this lake that gets these weird circular holes that you can see from like aerial and like for a long time people didn't know like what caused them and all that. But like scientists found that like it's due to like like a warm thermal vent in the lake that has this upwelling and like a thaws and then refreezes and thaws and refreezes and it makes those kind of I wonder if that's something sure. that the some kind of they're, they're hinting to some kind of natural phenomenon like that that could do so. But like I said, like also it's a big moose. It just could step on. Step on mm-hmm. not quite thawed uh, ice and fall through. And they have the skinny little feet. That's perfect. That's prime ice breaking. It's true. Uh, leg there. Thousand pounds on four ice picks. Just mm-hmm. just going. Concentrating that pressure. All right. Let's go back to the current day. Nat talks Lisa through the argument she just had with her mom. And by the end of the conversation, neither of themselves want to kill themselves today. Themselves, themselves. Uh. And and Nat doesn't want to drink. She pushes yeah. away a shot of whiskey or something here. It's a big uh, 12-step motto, you know, just uh, one day at a time. Sure. So, uh, I thought that's interesting that her not wanting to kill herself is intrinsically tied into not using as well. Mm-hmm. 
All right, Misty and Walter book separate rooms at the local B&B. We get a split screen of them being overly paranoid as they investigate their accommodations and get ready for bed. The skincare routine. I love this detail. they, They cut over to Walter and he's got that full face gold gel mask on. Uh huh. It's like even in, because you know Misty's got these insane half moon things. It's already yes, kind of crazy, and then they, he's just like. <laughs> but how do you look like Elijah Wood at Elijah Wood's age if you're not doing the full gold <laughs> yeah. face mask every night? It's true, right? it's true. He's keeping his boyish looks for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, he looked like <laughs> Buffalo Bill or something in that yeah. mask, dude. Uh, and this uh, is the, the song, the angst in their pants, man, that was playing during the whole God. the whole thing as they're check, you know, doing all their black light and checking for bugs mm-hmm. and going to sleep to their favorite crime, true crime podcast. It's just really you know, cute. I thought they would be true crime podcasts. They're actually animal sounds like she's got birds and he's got cats. Oh, really? Oh, how yeah. did, you, did, did you just zoom in and find that out? No, there's a close up of it. I, I yeah, it blew my mind. I went back and I watched this this particular scene again because I'm like, which true, true crime podcast are they oh, listening to? Okay, and it turns out they're not. They're oh like, wow, yeah. They show them setting like playing the thing. That's true because they take their they take the true crime podcast too serious to go to sleep to it. I assume, yeah, yeah. They might yeah. miss a detail, right? And that's the detail uh, to kill them. It's the detail that allow the killer to kill them. Uh, a couple of details here. Do you know who John Lang is? The pseudonym of Walter. Is he it's a char- Is he a character from the Ma- Magus? No, no. It's actually the pseudonym of Michael Crichton. Apparently, he wrote some books under this oh, name. Interesting. I did not know that. And then, uh, Lady Malawan, which is the name that Misty chooses here, is Agatha Christie's inherited title upon her second marriage to Max Malawan. Get the fuck. So they're both essentially these, uh, I don't know if you call Crichton a mystery writer, but he's not not a mystery writer, puzzle box writer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, nice. so a couple references to authors there. Nice pull. Um, and then Jeff and Shauna talk about their day. Jeff admits to not being fully over the affair. Shauna tells, well, I told Callie everything. Uh, Jeff's horrified that their daughter is now an accomplice. And Callie comes in and admits her own secret and says, uh, I want to help cook. Family united over shared secrets, Aaron. It's a story as old as time, but can we trust it? Do you think this, that Callie is being played straight here? What do you mean by that? Do you Could mean... Callie be telling her parents that she's on board, but still wants Ooh. to bust them? I think it's more likely that the 16-year-old probably feels like super adult and her parent like... Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting... Like, cause, like, I'm on Jeff's side. Like, this is... You've made your daughter an accomplice. What the fuck is wrong with you? But, like, also there's this, like, idea that you should protect children from things. But, like, when things are real, you gotta... You know, we, why, what, we, what did we talk about this in, the, in, like, The Last of Us? When you had Henry and Sam and, like, Henry was telling him, like, some tough truths about the, the danger they were in and who had died. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, do, do you tell... What, what do you tell kids, you know? And it's like, I think and you try to sh- tell them, yeah, you try to shield them as much as possible. But like, if you're living in a war torn mm-hmm. country and like the bombs are falling at some point, you got to talk about that. 
you know, yeah. so that they can stay safe and do all that. And like, I guess my thing with Jeff is like, yeah, you should protect your children, but like not committing crimes, not doing <laughs> felonies is a good, but like, if you're going to be a family that does crimes, mm-hmm. probably the kids should know about it at some point to protect themselves and, and, and you. Right. So it's like, and the kids will know about it too. Right. Like she already knows about idiot. it. She's getting yeah. gaslighted by her family. Yes. Is that the way to go? Nah, nah. But like, I, I, I do. I was, I was kind of joking, but I'm also kind of serious about like the. You can see the the cult of femininity, uh, closing and excluding the male, and then, like I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> joyfully mm-hmm. chopping a phallic thing right in front of him. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I also like, yeah, just it's it's unbelievable for Jeff to this. But he that I guess that's the thing. It's like Jeff, you were already here. You just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. If you you, yeah, know, like, you, were, you were trying to deny to deny the situation as it exists. The second you fucked up and didn't burn that license plate thoroughly, your last uh, you know your last chance to hop off the crime family train and start living respectable lives, and and all this blows over. That that's over. It's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Jay. I don't I don't know if she'll if Callie will clam up and stop telling things. Will she like spill more beans to this stranger? Who knows? Not me. Uh, let's go back to 96 again. Nat warms up in a bath. And when a near frozen Lottie is dragged back to the cabin by Mari and Akila, Nat gives up her bath so the Lottie can warm up. And then Nat and Lottie reconcile over their shared failures. In the future timeline, does Lottie have her toes? Because those things look bad, man. <laughs> those things look yeah. real I'm not sure if they were black, but they were deep purple. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when you are at risk of dying from exposure, that your limbs don't fare particularly well. Yeah. Yeah. Those are usually the first things to go because your body's, you know, constricting its blood flow the to the major organs and the important bits. Yeah. Uh, so you're probably right. Maybe she's missing some toes. She's got prosthetic toes have we ever seen her an open toe shoe not that i recall <laughs> we're gonna have to gonna have to follow up on this but uh yeah i, I like that them making peace over the fact that they both essentially scored zero in the religion faith off and yeah and, and how it's gonna be disrupted here by mari in a second when she's like oh the hobbies baby right body called this you know lottie's our leader again it, like come on we had just come to some understanding here and it, it was all through the, the the lens of good game you know like it's like a sportsmanship uh-huh. and I, it was a sweet scene but you're right mary's gonna fucking throw mm-hmm. a brick through this uh stained glass window of peace all right, back to the current day again. Lottie's trying to force her visions away, but a queen with no eyes card keeps coming up, keeps intruding. Lottie takes a knife out to the woods and makes a blood offering to the Bearheart altar, uh, I think, asking it to just be enough. Wants this blood sacrifice to be enough, yeah. Yeah, she's trying to take, uh, going through her affirmation deck and thinking about all these positive feelings about herself and this this red queen with the X out eyes. She she probably didn't get her medication from this substitute therapist. I'm right? guessing. Yeah. Yeah. If she's resorting like. to all these other things, like, well, yeah. I mean, that's good. Yeah. It's good mental health anyway, but yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But she uh, feels desperate in these scenes. It does seem like it. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, back to the past again. And this, all ties, this also ties back. Don't forget about the the queens emerging and stinging each other. Uh-huh. Like I did this multiple queen theory. I think. Well, it's not a theory. It's, it's, and, it's, it's and a the text. dark one, the 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 one with no eyes, right? I mean, this is these yep. eyes are marked out of this queen. I I don't know how those connect because they're, you know, Lottie's visions versus Thaisa's. Thaisa's got red eyes. We know that she's the red queen. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I got feedback see. on that that says that that was apparently is an unintended consequence of certain lighting and because they're doing they're dying a lot yeah, they're I using contacts on a lot of women's eyes to make their younger selves match their their their, sure, their young selves so I guess that's just a, a, a unfortunate combination but god damn her eyes mm. look super red mm-hmm. especially when she's being <laughs> dark tie so I don't know producers say a lot of things I I think. <laughs> All right, 96, Van and Thaisa are out looking for the symbol tree. They find a tree with melted snow at the base. Thaisa hears something and takes off running after it. They catch up and find out, well, they, they're surprised by what it is, who it is. We know it's Javi. Everyone knows it's Javi in this scene, right? Here's the thing. Here's another, like, missed opportunity for a, a perfectly reasonable shot here you show the close-up of Javi you have the big reveal this is a huge reveal and they so underplay it and, and I think just to get the effect of the next scene but the effect of the next scene is not strong enough for me to say we don't want a close-up here we don't want to reveal that this is Javi oh. in this scene I mean I knew as Javi as soon as they said oh my god there's someone out there who could it be like so maybe I d- didn't read as yeah, like a the, real yeah I, something about the way that they reveal uh-huh. Javi is like way understated to me it needed to be given more fanfare and it was just not so what are they suggesting with these bare patches of snow are they like uh, my theory was that this is like someone leaning up against a tree spending the night and but like this look it might like, be I mean they find hobby right when they find this tree right so if it's his ass warming these trees but it felt like very it like it's like uh, yeah like it's a lot wet and like it looks like there's there's actually warmth coming up from the ground and I was trying to think it's like well is they're trying to suggest hot spots or I, I am very mm-hmm. curious to see when hobby starts talking and like what he has to say because you're right hard to yeah. believe a teenager with not with without adequate clothing could survive in these winter conditions for at least weeks like let's say that dooms coming happened around thanksgiving weekend um and we've Mm -hmm. been through several weeks of winter it's hard to believe he'd survive oh i I mean look at what look at how the cold was affecting lottie lottie nearly died as bundled up as they could possibly make her she almost died in that cold javi is not wearing the cold weather gear nope. obviously just out there mm-hmm. and what he was wearing at doom coming i guess uh mm-hmm. yeah there's no way he should have survived that so what's what's his story can't wait to find out i hope they don't make him just be uh a mute the entire season because of trauma i mean it's it's, oh, it, it's something that can happen but like boy it'd be annoying boy it'll be uh-huh. annoying all right current day again now watches lisa show off her goldfish to the other cultists and she eyes these keys like she's gonna do something naughty with them Yep, there's keys. The doors are all open doors, though. Maybe she's going to come back in dark at night because it looked like those are Lottie's offices, personal quarters. Yeah, could be. Uh, Then we go back to 96. The girls bring Javi back to the cabin. Travis is reunited with his brother. Mari claims that Lottie was right. Javi was alive. And then Van says Thaisa knew where he was and that it's connected to everything. 
it's such a great evolution because right before this event, you had essentially faith versus rationality. Mm-hmm. Rationality <laughs> slinks off in a form of Nat feeling guilty, and then it's just two irrationalities duking it out for supremacy. It's not yeah. like, well, are we well, sure? It's, it's like we're sure something's happening, but which is which of our priestesses are is the the right one? Totally, yeah. Uh, and the, the other weird thing in here is this sense I get from Javi that something has changed in his brother. And what is it? You know, he gives him this hug, but then he backs off and he gives him this weird look. You talking about Travis has seen something's changed in Javi? Because no, the other way around. The Javi see something's changed in Travis? I, yeah, I saw a worried look on tra- on Javi's face. I saw like a catatonic look on Javi's face. I did not see. <laughs> okay, any. maybe I interpreted it as worried. I mean, you, but you you might yeah you you might be right, man. I don't know. Um, I thought it was interesting how conflicted Lottie seems in all this. Like sure. now yeah. that there's a two way contest between high priestess I still think she doesn't know that I, she's kind of like having a, a crisis of faith right as Thaisa seems like maybe she's in a has a chance to take mm-hmm. pole position here as as, as, as the finder of uh, Javi but but I don't know yeah I'm, I'm curious to see I mean Mari's pretty obviously push pressing the issue of like Lottie is our protector here yeah she doesn't look like she's about to drop that anytime soon and i don't think taisa wants the title that they're trying to give her the the van's trying to give her so i i don't know it, it's really at this point like a contest between the will of van versus the will of mari because mm. neither of the would-be spiritual leaders want the role or feel confident in the role seemingly yeah Anyway, we go back to the current day for the final scene where Thais has dropped off in a small town, goes into a video store where she finds Van, the adult Van, finally introduced four episodes in. We all knew it was going to happen, and here she is. Another great piece of casting. That looks like a plausible grown-up Van. Right all the way down to owner of a video store. Like, this is how I picture Van living her life. While you were streaming is such a great title, a great name for a video store. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's also like there's a, a place for physical media. You know, we've talked about how like there's some uh, movies and television shows. Uh, the one that comes up the the mind is um, uh, Christian Bale's, not Christian Bale, Christian Slater's Pump Up the Volume. You can't mm-hmm. watch that online. There's no way to, to, to stream that because of some conflict with the streaming rights. And there's several movies like that. I think is it something with another one? A weird was like Spice World, you know, Spice Girls movie. <laughs> OK, you can't fucking watch hmm. that uh, uh, any streaming service, or at least you couldn't six months ago. So, like, I, I think it's interesting that there is like these are the last refuge of, uh, you know, in, in, in days of rights conflicts like DVDs, VHS, Blu-rays are, are, are the only place you can get some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what she wants with Van. I don't know if uh, Sleep Taisa or Waking Taisa took her here. Seems like she's awake right now, but clearly half this journey was done while she was asleep. So, what's the purpose of it? Why connect with Van right now? I'll have to find out. Mm hmm. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. We do have feedback to consider, but my God, somehow we managed to go an hour 45 just talking about the episode ourselves. So we are going to have to schedule an emergency feedback slot uh, later this week. I think we're going to record it tomorrow. It should be out uh, 
Wednesday at the latest, I'd imagine. Uh, but yeah, if you want to get in on that, you still probably have, uh, if, if you get right on it, you can yellow jackets at baldmove.com. If you want to find out what else we're doing, uh, all the Picard, all the, uh, the movie stuff, we just got done seeing Renfield, which I had a lot of fun with, uh, last week at the movies. Uh, you want to follow our Twitter, twitter.com slash bald moves, got, uh, all of our releases and our upcoming events. And if you'd like to support us, if you'd like to keep our bits flowing, uh, you know, uh, it's support.baldmove.com. I was trying to come up with a blood sacrifice, like let this be enough, let this five dollar <laughs> membership be be enough, but uh, I I couldn't work it into. But you do get, uh, un- unlike uh, the uncertain supernatural benefits of joining Lottie's cult, you do get tangible things like ad free feeds and tons of bonus content by joining ours. So, and you can leave at any time. We don't even specify it in the terms of the support contract so like we're definitely not a cult yeah what i'm saying you can leave for as many days as you want yeah as many days as many days as mm-hmm. you want you can you can you can leave uh yellow jackets of ballmove.com we'll see you later this week for feedback and next week for an all-new episode of yellow jackets until then i'm your host aaron and i'm jim buzz buzz yeah.